Welcome to Kickstart Radio 102.4. I'm your host, Lipstick Patty, and this is our show broadcast. It'll be on YouTube and also on the Podomatic website and all your favorite podcast websites. You can find us there if you search for broadcast or Kickstarter Radio 102.4. Now, it's up in the morning from you, broadcasting from the west coast of Mexico, and it is so hot today. <gasps> My goodness, as soon as the sun goes into the Northern Hemisphere, it seems to really turn the temperature up here. We've actually got similar temperatures to Cancun on the east coast of Mexico, so it's for some people it's holiday weather, but for me, from the west of Ireland, it's... Oh, aircon, please! Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, if you're on YouTube, I'd like to say hello. You're listening to the edited version of the show, which we've had to piece out all the music because of copyright things. But the link for the podcast will be in the show notes to get the full fat show. This is Kiss One or Two Point Four. Here's what to expect from the music today. So let's do a little preview. We're going to be listening to Alyosha, who's from the Ukraine from 2010 really melancholic song. Then we're going to go to Iceland from that year with the Je ne sais quoi, great dra- uh, dance track. Yeah. Then epic saxophone in this track from Moldova with the Southern Stroke Project. That's a cracker. We'll also be going to Estonia from 2011, Rockefeller Street. That's an classic, all-time classic, that one, actually. And um, an incredible diva from Slovenia, Maha Kuk. Listen to that sound. And like a Disney song from Norway, Abba Baba from Stella Mwangi. Yeah, that's got a fresh sound still today. And awesome drums and beats from Norway with a song called Stay. That's from 2012. And our final song today is also from the Ukraine. It's Guy Taina, Be My Guest, which is probably the best song of tw- of the 2010s, actually, the tennies to unite Eurovision fans. It's an absolute belter that will finish off the show today. Now, strap yourself in for a whopper of a show as we are featuring the following games. We're going to be looking at Jurassic World, the legacy of Isla Nublar. Now, is this one worth waiting for? I'll explain that coming up. We're looking at Tamashi Chronicle of Ascend, which is on Game Fund. Looking cool. Title Blades 2, Rise of the Unfolders. And is this going to cram its way onto your shelf if you like Dungeon Crawlers? Mm. Also, we'll be talking about the Tubaru and the Bad Karma's game. That technology that merges video games and a little bit of board game. And the cultural bomb that is Casting Shadows, which if it hasn't reached a million dollars by now, I'll be frankly surprised. All that is to come up. We're also going to be talking about the special programs. We did one um, last Monday talking about the best stretch goals of Kickstarter campaigns. I'll give a little talk about that um, after we've talked about the Kickstarter games. I'll be talking about the special that's coming out tomorrow, which is the secret competition with live Kickstarters. That's going to be a very nice video. As it's talk, talking about you, really. You are the competition. You'll find out more in today's show. And at the tail of the show, I'll be talking about some TV and movies. I watched the Spider-Man No Way Home movie this week, and oh my goodness, the worst Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Hang around for the show later if you want to know my thoughts on that. And I also did a little binge watching with The Expanse. I finished off season four and went through season five and six. I'll be talking about that at the end of the show. But let's crack on. This is going to be a bit of a long one, isn't it? So it is a bumper issue, I guess, because Kickstarter was so busy this week. And with my special programs, it's just going to be a large broadcast. Well, 
Who cares? <laughs> I'm known for long videos, so let's crack on. Now, after this song, we'll be talking about Jurassic World, but up first is a really nice melancholic song from 2010. We are going to be covering Eurovision songs from 2010 through to 2012. And this one's called Sweet People from Alyosha, who's from the Ukraine. What have we done? Tell me what is happening For all that we've built temples and is gone Oh, sweet people Have you no love for mankind? Must you go on killing Just to pass the time the message is so true The end is really near All these villains take me down The stills, the things so an interesting song from uh, 2010 because it almost has a feeling about what's going on in the Ukraine at the minute and um, thoughts and prayers go out to the Ukrainians from here everyone here at the station and we really wish they can get out of there in safety it does look like Russia are going to take the country it's an inevitability isn't it well anyway Jurassic World we're talking about now the legacy of Isla what? On the splash screen I said it's worth waiting for and what I meant by that is it's worth waiting until it gets to retail because it's already finished. It's a pre-order on Kickstarter. Why, you, why is it on Kickstarter? Probably because this is where they get the publicity from now and the Kickstarter is going to start getting full of retail games but yeah, it's not doing anything. There's no reason to actually kickstart it, kickstart it other than a sleeve that you get, which if you get sleeves with your Kickstarter, you've probably all thrown them away because they're useless, aren't they? Under the cost, you can probably get it cheaper at retail. I say probably because it, you know, the on the Dice Tower this week, on um, the Kickstarter show that they do, um, Tom Vassell said that 
games in the past, like he's talked to publishers over the last few years, and they've said they've all made losses on the games they're selling. And he said, games coming out this year and beyond, they are going to pass the $100 range. So it's, you know, is Jurassic World The Legacy of Isla Nubar going to be cheaper than the Kickstarter? Well, I feel because it's Prosperous Hall, this might even get into Target and uh, Walmart. Like, they're going to be making a mass of these. That's why I think it could drop. And the Kickstarter's due out in fall because it's already finished. And I think you'd be able to pick it up maybe even on Amazon round about Christmas time. So, yeah, the game itself is looking very, very cool. <laughs> I'm talking about the game. I do like the legacy component. I like the way the monster AI moves around. You get to see what, predict what the dinosaurs are going to do and try and affect that with gameplay. Excuse me. And um, yeah, I love all the items that you're picking up that can do things, the, the different classes that you've got and um, the collective cooperative things that, that's going on is very, very cool. It does perhaps lend itself to quarterbacking. If you know that on someone's turn they have to do something, but um, ah, that's based on your play group, isn't it? But um, yeah, you're gonna be. It's got 12 games on the legacy, and you'll end up with a board that you can play um, again and again because you're, you're effectively building the final version of the game with the legacy, and perhaps you won't see everything that's in the box and all that stuff. But yeah, it's a charming game. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems expensive, but it's not doing anything Kickstarter-y. It's basically a pre-order, and there's so much excitement this week on Kickstarter, especially what we covered on the channel this week, that I, I just think, if you really want it, just stick it on your retail list. And you know what? I always get two retails in the year, because, you know, I'm roughly getting around 10 Kickstarters to show maybe a bit more. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Normally in December, I normally look at all the retail games in the year and pick two out. Jurassic World's gone on my short list, and I know that when I get the retail version of it, it'll be the same as the Kickstarter, albeit without that sleeve. But I don't like sleeves anyway. But yeah, it's looking fantastic, and I really, really, really want to play it, but I'm not ever going to pledge for a retail game that's like a pre-order you can kiss it goodbye my friend <laughs> because when it comes out in retail you know you've probably got some reviews by november and they'll tell you if it's worth having so you're on my shortlist jurassic world and um i really wish you'd come to kickstarter like the other games we're seeing this week because they are doing kickstarter justice Alright peeps, now are you in the mood for a great dance track? Yeah, this one's coming uh, from Iceland, Genisiqua with Hara Borg. <sighs> Turn the bass up.
song. It's like a song that you would play getting ready for an, an epic night out. And I wonder what's your favourite song to listen to when you're getting ready for the to go out into the city or the town, wherever you go. If you're going to the pub and you're getting ready, nice hot shower and a shave, what, what music do you listen to? I just want to know your favourite song. Hopefully it's a dance track that you can promote. Or maybe there's something else, maybe a country and western song. I don't know. Whatever is, whatever floats your boat, I'd love to know what they are. You know, leave the comments below. All that good stuff. Now, we're going to be talking about Tamashi Chronicle of Ascend, which is on Game found. This is a cyberpunk game and it's super thematic. It's kind of post apocalyptic cyberpunk where the machines have become the enemies. And um, what I like about it is each player is like a baseless character and you can pretty much teleport your mind into another body and then you become a different class in the game. You've got this, like, this mini-game that you're doing, which is like your hacking component, but that hacking component determines so much gameplay that's going on. It, it determines what kind of powers you get when you upgrade your character. It, it determines what you're doing on the, on the map and things like that, and who you can talk to on the map depends on what you're doing with this, this grid. And you can... It's like a, a bag builder to actually manipulate this as well. So you like building your bag up as you go as well. It's very, very cool. Now, there's different scenarios as well to play. And the scenarios have events where you are timed, basically. You've got a certain amount of time to fulfill objectives. And the more stuff you do in your round, the you're rolling this kind of like threat die. And uh, you, you feel the, the tenseness of the situation because you've got potentially things to attack and things like this. The combat is dice chucking and there is dice manipulation here. All good stuff. And it's looking very, very charming. In fact, the only thing I really want to see is like a day, daylight side of the board. Because every time you see Cyberpunk, it's this bloody cliche of neon lights and pink and purple everywhere and if cyberpunk 77 taught us anything about the cyberpunk it's like it looks fantastic in the daytime to see the cyberpunk architecture with the blue skies at night it looks phenomenal and i really think it needs to lose a bit of the pink because it's pink everywhere and purple it really is it's almost girly can you have too much purple and pink uh Probably yes, if you, you know, got a sausage between your legs and all that stuff, you know. So yeah, some more daytime, please. Because when you just drape things in pink and purple, you kind of destroy the architecture, aren't you? Anyway, that is Tamashi Chronicle of Send. It looking amazing, actually. I've actually put a dollar on this, and I might up my pledge if we get a dry if we get an, if we get a dry month. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, coming out of coming out of COVID, everyone going back to their jobs. I think Kickstarters maybe off the last two years might have waited for this year. I think it could be a busy a busy year. But anyway, I like to follow its progress. It's over on GameFound, so yeah, you might want to check it out. Now we'll be looking at Title Blades 2, Rise of the Unfolders, and oh my god! This game is so good! We'll be coming to that right after this epic saxophone solo in this dance track. Now, it's called Runaway and it's from Sunstroke Project and Tira from Moldova.
awesome bat beat to that classic song, isn't it? That saxophone. It's just magic. Anyway, Title Blades 2, Rise of the Unfolders. This is a amazing dungeon crawl set in an archipelago. Fantastic, beautiful colours of the aqua sea and stuff like that. Really, really cool. Uses a book for the dungeons, but it's using two books in tandem, so you get a double size. And there's also a third book to make the space even bigger. And what I like about this book system is you can put down a map for an area, but then turn the page on one side of the map, and that can update the scene. It's really, really cool how they've done it. Now, what sets this game apart is its combat. And I, you know, potentially, you know, I've got these great, great dungeon crawls on my shelf. You know, I've got Gloomhaven, which is card combat. I've got Madara, dice chucking. I've got Arkis coming, which is like this Egyptian thing. I've got Tanaris Adventure coming, which is like this amazing fancy world that they've done. But none of them look like title blades too it's like you're on holiday in cancun it looks so amazing and but the, the combat is really really cool because you've got this three by three grid and every time you play you are getting three things from the grid either horizontal or vertical and you can put cards down on that to manipulate what you're doing do you want to go all in attack do you want to do a little bit of build your defense up do you want to charge in get faster or run away it's really really dynamic and cool and i think you know this is like a big campaign story with um it's like a light rpg and you've got like little choices that you can go between this or the other in between campaigns and in between the scenarios in the campaign you've got you can go into the city and do a little bit of city manipulation hopefully we'll find more about that as the kickstarter goes i think the Kickstarter will be giving us more information on the second half of the Kickstarter because the, it's, the way the Kickstarter has been designed is to give you this experience through the whole of the campaign. So it's like this magic Kickstarter. It really is. And um, oh my God, it's my Kickstarter of the week. A hundred percent peeps. I've got a space ready for you on my shelf whenever you're coming next year, probably, if not later. <laughs> it's doing some really cool dailies as well. And um, I love the fact that each day James does a video from the dev team talking about what's going on in the Q&A. That's really, really good to do. And um, a development there this week was, you know, what? how would you feel about getting Sundrop on the minis? Well, um, yeah, in fact, if, if I want anything from the game, I want the Foreteller app. <laughs> I want the story to be in the Foreteller app. Mm, wishful thinking. No, 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 I think Kickstarter's where miracles are, isn't it? So, um, yeah. This might come to it anyway post-campaign, as we've seen with other things, right? But I, I just think it's the most beautiful, it will be the most beautiful dungeon crawler you have, just because of the attention to detail in the art and the books looks phenomenal, it really is. And I think in the very first update, if you watch that video, they are really hoping to do a Title Blades animated series on Netflix maybe, or even a film, because the world building has got that big. They have been approached, I believe, by a, stu by a studio that wants to do something with it. So, Tower Blades 2 is definitely got legs on the IP, and it's looking super, super special. In fact, with the amount of stuff that's coming out of Tower Blades 2, I will certainly be coming back with a final thoughts to round up the incredible game that that is and what is unfolding before our eyes next we're looking at the tubaru and the bad karmas game but before then we're going to an all-time classic called rockefeller street this is getter jenny from estonia oh what an amazing sound <laughs> 
from 2011 as we'll be looking at that year in the next couple of songs and we'll get it out going to finish at 2012 we're doing three years of Eurovision today anyway we're talking about the Tubaru and the Bad Karma's game that Tubaru oh my god one it's really expensive because they've exclusively making it in the Europe and they could have got it cheaper if they'd made it out in the far east right blows my mind but what I don't like about it is it, the the launch title that they've got the bad karmas game all you've got in the box is the minis right you, you, that's it you, you just need your phone your phone's got the app on it it's got all the cards of your characters on the phone you need a central screen like a tablet that everybody's looking at because that's showing you what the AI is doing. There is a dice that you throw which is linked into the Tubaru as well. It's like a... I don't know. So, I mean the problem with apps with games is are you looking at the board? Are you looking at your cards? Are you looking at the app? And in this case, you're 90% looking at the app. It's it's just bonkers. It's more video game than board game. I don't understand this. Now the team that make the Tubaru, they actually make loads of electronic toys for kids. So they're just bringing this over. And I think it needs a stronger IP to sell it really because I don't think the Bad Karma's game is a good example or a strong enough IP to pull in 
more fans because it's from an unknown team behind Bad Karma's as well. And uh, there was kind of talk about a new zombie side going on there, but that doesn't appear to be the thing. So, yeah, it, you know, I don't even have a phone. I don't need a phone in my work. And I I just don't need one, right? So forget about it. I mean, I'll never play the tuber because I need a phone. And... You know, the game is so expensive just because... Oh, yeah, you are getting boards. You're just getting boards and minis. It's super expensive. And um, it's a crime that they don't just give you the cards. Because, yeah, do the AI on the main screen, yeah. Um, it's, all, it's designed to be a digital game with a game board component that's what it is you're playing a mobile phone game with an accompanying board it's it's like you can't pull the wool over my eyes this is a mobile game or cell phone game with a board game component that's all it is and um, yeah I think it's gonna be a flash in the pan it's obviously not for me I'm not the customer and um, with the way the Kickstarter's going, it looks like it's not going to be telling other publishers that they need to come to the Tubaru because there's not going to be that many people with it, certainly at the price point. So, Tubaru, you know, not for me. I come to board games to have a board game experience, and that one pushes it too far back into the video game. Well, that's, that's, maybe that's saying something too nice for it. Into a cell phone game. Oh, <laughs> oh please let me know if you, if you like it. I have put a, a vote down in the, on the discussion side, the community side of YouTube. Um, are you interested in the two brew hardware system? Like just put yes or no, this is a yes or no answer. That's on our community on our YouTube page. <laughs> because obviously I'm a no and I can't vote on my community stuff so it's, it's all you lot that are voting on it so yeah happy days there I don't know out of all the videos online am I the only negative one on that I don't know it's the, it's the raw truth coming from me anyway we're going to be looking at casting shadows which is another cultural bomb on kickstarter and uh, yeah, this thing's going towards a million, if not already. But before then, oh, peeps, this is an incredible diva from Slovenia. She's called Maha Kuk. And her voice is so amazing. It really is. This song's called No One, and it will take your breath away. You came to me one night Like a morning light Just to hold me tight And you left and I was so alone Saying I should have known You look good for me There's no Treat
Oh man, that song, I've forgotten how good it was. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, we're talking about casting shadows. This is a bit like Wiz War. It's wizard versus wizard PvP. But it's so cute and cuddly. It's in that kind of tea time and cake world where everything nice to be nice and pretty and welcoming to the table a bit like the flamecraft kickstarter it has this charming appeal that draws you to the table but in the gameplay it is all out war it's amazing the attention to detail in the art is oh so good you've got the character is on the tile the character art on his card, the background is the art from the tile. Like, even the board of the character, if you get the upgraded pack, is in the art of the tile. It's all in theme. It, it, it's amazing. Every bit of art in the game is pulling you into that world. It's incredible, this attention to detail. It's so good. The design of the wizards is very good as well because usually, you know, in this PvP, you can get eliminated and there's potential six players this. But the way they've designed it is you are getting stronger and stronger going through level one spells to level two spells. And if you attack an opponent, you are not going to attack them a second time because there's more than likely another wizard who's just gone to level two spells. If you keep attacking this wizard who's on like level 1 spells, this guy at level 2 spells is just going to go to level 3. So really, you are focused on attacking who's winning the race towards unlocking the ultimate. Because when you get fully charged up in the game, you turn into your shadow form. It's like this beautiful, massive, <laughs> massive stand he comes out, like uh, 90 millimeters. And that's got your ultimate ability on it. And that's kind of what, what you're trying to stop. So very, very cool game. 30 to 90 minutes. And yeah, the dev team do talk about because the way it's the gameplay is designed, people don't actually die until like the very end game of it. So the last like 10 to 5 minutes, which kind of makes sense if you think about it. It's looking really good. The Kickstarter is genuinely open to grow and the amount of stuff that it's unlocking for kickstarter is phenomenal most of this kickstarter unlock will go to the website it's not going to go to retail but will go to their website as we've seen that's all fair game but it is extending loads of stuff and uh, i've had to back this as well it's so good so Casting Shadows and Tire Blades 2, these two games, I had to back these peeps. They've just blown me away, both of them. And you know, Casting Shadows, if you've reached a million by now, that's a dice tower coming. It really is. Now, they have these pop vinyl figures, and they're huge. They're like 10 centimeters. They look amazing for each of the characters. But um, they're very pricey. It's like an extra $100 to get... 16 of these and you can't play with them they're, they're, they're too big to put on the on the tiles so unless the devs bring out an xxl tile set for the game they're just going to be put on your shelf as like a, a, a little standy figurine you know? so we'll see what they do because they they're loving all the suggestions in the kickstarter it's like phenomenal what's going on with casting shadows and I can't wait to do a final thoughts on that game because it's evolving every day. <gasps> so good. But yeah, it's like Wiz War, but even cuter, even more streamlined, even more fun. Absolutely amazing casting shadows. And if it weren't for Title Blades 2 being incredible, you would have got Kickstarter of the week for sure. But um, that's just too frankly incredible games and um casting shadows has some amazing amazing acrylic standees too the art in that game's just up there in the premier league next level of art for 2d art just <gasps> amazing peeps i'm telling you 
Disney could learn something from the art in Casting Shadows. Now <laughs> After this next song, we'll be talking about our special programs. That one went out last week and one that's coming out tomorrow. Just give it a little brief talk about them. Now, the next song is... It actually is another dance track, you know? Why not? And it's... It almost sounds like it's from Disney, and it sounds as fresh today as it did back in 2011. It's Stella Mwangi with Habba Baba from Norway. Habba Habba, Baba. special program which was the best stretch goals of Kickstarter campaigns. This video explores why games are late and these games are late not because of Covid, not because of the shipping crisis, just because they're still making the game. These were true stretch goals that they did that the dev team really thought about what they could bring to their game if they got the money. If they got more money they would do the dream ticket and a lot of these things were kind of pie in the sky for the campaign. They had no idea that this could have been made. And a lot of these, you know, stretch goals were gameplay affecting. So, you know, not talking about hundreds of plastic minis that are going to stay on a box like Simon do. No, no, we're talking about real stretch goals that actually go in and affect and amplify the gameplay and the mechanics that you're doing absolutely incredible and I think for any you know if, if we're going into the future where we're getting lots of retail pre-orders on Kickstarter this is going to be like a historical <laughs> educational video to show you what it used to be like before um, before the and you know yeah 
Watch that video, peeps. I'm, I'm sure you'll get something out of it. It is like an educational, historical look at Kickstarter over the last few years. <laughs> and especially, the, I guess if there's anything to take away from that, it's if your game had loads of stretch goals, then, you know, that estimated delivery by definition is going to be hugely delayed because it's adding more development time with these stretch goals. So just have a little bit more understanding instead of calling these games out that why are you so late they're still making the game come on peeps right <laughs> it's like the casting shadows the amount of content that's unlocking i don't know if this is going to be coming out next year on the prediction it possibly could go late now we've got a video coming out tomorrow called The Secret Competition with Live Kickstarters. Mm. Now this is a special program where we examine the, uh, where you as the backer are a major factor in why Kickstarter's popularity of certain genres is falling. That's right, if you've got a shelf full of dungeon crawls, are you, have you got room for more? I mean, Really, these games have to do a lot different if they're going to get on that shelf right. So you are potentially artificially creating competition and putting a wall up against certain genres if you've got it. And especially if you've got already backed some Kickstarter games. In certain genres, that might stop you from, you know, pledging for another game that's too similar to the one that you've pledged. So. Yeah, that, that video explores this concept of you yourself are creating or closing down parts of Kickstarter due to what, either what games you've got or what you've pledged for. And um, it's a fascinating look at the what's potentially happening with Kickstarter's popularity. I hope you enjoy that show that's coming out. Alrighty. Now, this... We're going to be talking about media next. This is our final part of the show coming up. We're talking about the um, Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. <sighs> and we'll be talking about the Expanse TV series 4, 5 and 6. Yeah, I binged watched all of it. Yeah, so before we get to the media, we are going to 2012's music. And this has some awesome drums and beats in this track. It's from Tuhi. It's called Stay, and it's from Norway. So crank up the bass. Thank you. 
Now, the Spider-Man movie. Worst Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Are you kidding me? Um, really does my head in. Really? <laughs> like, there's no crime in the city of New York anymore that Spider-Man can just go off and do stuff. Like, was Spider-Man really just going to go off to university when there's so crime going on? This is stupid. And the fact that he goes to the wizard. Right, I know who the wizard is. I'm just talking generally here. I don't want to put too many spoilers on this. But he goes to this wizard and he says, Can you help me? And th this wizard who's supposed to be super intelligent comes up with the fact that I need to make sure that everybody doesn't know who you are. And it's like... It's just so silly that it needs to be that strong. Can it not just be everybody in the city? What about the whole world? It's stupid. And the fact when he's casting his spell and Spider-Man is adding things in, it's like, that shouldn't affect the it shouldn't affect the spell. It's just silly. It's just absolutely silly. And you've got this idea that the alternate timelines are going on in the Marvel world. It's so frankly absurd. It's absurd, the whole thing. And then when you get the other Spider-Men from the other movies coming in, it gets worse. It's like terrible. It's like it's the worst Spider-Man movie I've ever, ever seen. It's like you are making it look like our world we're living in is an alternate timeline where there's no superheroes. It's just silly. Because you've got these people coming from these alternate timelines, like villains. And they're looking at this wizard and going, you can do magic? Like, you, you can't do magic in our alternate timeline. It's just f such fantasy. You know, I like my comic book films to have a sense of realism. This thing is an absolute joke. It oh, angers me. And you know what's worse about it? This touchy-feely, leftist, bloody Spider-Man kid who doesn't want to kill these villains but wants to heal them and put them through therapy so they can go back to being normal. It is the most ridiculous Spider-Man I've ever seen. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, it really hurts my feelings. And you know what the best thing of the movie is? In the post-credit scenes, you actually get the trailer for the next Marvel movie. And that looks more interesting. Yeah. Um, let me know what you thought of this Spider-Man if you've seen it. Because for me, it's a zero out of five. I will never watch that movie again. It was insulting, intellectually insulting and i think if that's the best spider-man has i don't want to see another spider-man movie at all it was just <gasps> and, and you know there was two things also that really got to the bone of the problem <laughs> it was the idea that these multiple spider-men all are twisted up in fate they all have things happen in their lives that happen to each of them as if fate is real. What are you talking about? It's like the whole concept of religion is that we have free will. There's no concept of fate. And all this alternate timeline BS is pushing fate. We don't have control. It's stupid. Really, it's fucking stupid. And when the whole world forgets who Spider-Man is, he goes to his girlfriend, who obviously Carol doesn't know who he is, and she's like, I don't know who you are. But it's like, don't you know anything about love? That it's chemical? It's, it's not through memory, it's a chemical process from the body. If you completely forget something, when you put in front of your soulmate, it's a chemical exchange. You will 100% go back with them. It's you can't deny it. It's so strong. If you look, if you know anything about psychology, and that scene is so stupid, it burns me anger with that Spider-Man movie. I absolutely. Unbelievable! I'm sure if you're a Spider-Man fan, that is so left-field where that movie came from. Oh my god. 
And do you know what? My son, who's playing around with Spider-Man, I'm going to keep that movie far away from him as I can. Oh, my God. Now, moving on to some other stuff. The Expanse TV series. Oh, I really, really enjoy this. It's, it's like, in the future, you know, we've colonised Mars. There's people now... Martians that have been born on Mars. We've got people in the asteroid belts that are called Belters. And they call people from Earth, Earthers. So you've got Belters, Earthers, and Martians. Really, really cool. And um, season four, five, six, you know, season four, five, six, the, the kind of short seasons, like maybe, certainly season six is like six episodes. It's uh, really interesting political what's happening between them all. I love the main ship though and the characters that's going on. Really, really cool. There was some tragedy that happened also. And we got to look down on what happens to Earth because Earth is getting attacked and stuff in these seasons. Really, really special. If you like sci-fi and you've not seen The Expanse, I really check it out. It's had a really hard time coming to TV because sci-fi did the first three seasons and it was just too expensive to make. So Amazon picked up season four, five and six and now saying it's too expensive to make. Oh, so I don't know, Netflix, are you going to pick up the next three seasons? I think the problem for The Expanse is that the seventh book in the series is like 30 years in the in the future so the series the, 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 they all have to age or are you going to wreck on it for the tv series i don't know what they're going to do so is it naturally going to have a break um i don't know if it can because you know in after season seven there is something big going to happen so, yeah, it all depends on what's happening. Because Amazon is saying, hey, we need more people to watch The Expanse. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's not good enough, is it, you know? They're thinking about money and stuff, but... Yeah. Hopefully we'll see the next trilogy of The Expanse. Because it's been, like, a fantastic journey with all the characters. And the character arc of all the people on the ship's been wonderful. And, um... Yeah, I've got like a soft spot for The Expanse. I really, really enjoy it and all that stuff. And it, do, it has like this, respects the concept of aliens in a different way. And um, yeah, it, it's like very, very cool. And it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's like my little, like to relax to Expanse. It's kind of chill. But um, yeah, I love this kind of sci-fi. Please let me know what your favourite sci-fi TV series is, because The Expanse is my jam at the minute. I thought Mandalorian was great, and of course Boba Fett, and, um, and all that stuff. But if any, any sci-fi out at the minute that you can recommend, please put it in the comments. Well, peeps, it's been a long broadcast episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you've enjoyed these music pieces from the Eurovision Song Contest of the past. Oh, now, if you're watching on YouTube, please give us a like and think about subscribing. And if you're watching on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Oh, now, we are going to be wrapping the show up now, but I'll just tell you about my last song before I go. This is probably the best song of the tennis to unite the Eurovision fans. It was just an absolute bomb of a song. Oh, that's probably the wrong word to use because it is coming from the Ukraine. <laughs> Mm, it is really good and all that stuff but yeah thank you so much for watching or listening i am your host K lipstick patty this has been kickstarter radio 102.4 the broadcast radio podcast so here is gatiana with be my guest you take care stay safe and bye for me